I was sitting down there and uh, there was a voice calling out, Papa, and kind of snuffled, but it was so beautiful. When that little kid saw her grandfather here, God, she, the, the heart was drawn. And she said, she wanted everybody to see, that's my Papa. <laughs> but, praise the Lord. Do you feel that to your God? Do you see, do you wake up and feel you have somebody do your eyes see something? Do your heart perceive you have a God who loves you that much? Can you echo that word, Abba, Father? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And we are never alone. Sometimes the problems and the things of this world may deem the, the fact that we are so loved by God. I don't know if you understand. God loves you so much. No matter what promises, you see, the devil can do a lot of things, but there are some things he cannot do. We, our eternal life begins in us and transcends time. We, are, we don't die. We sleep. Hallelujah. We transition into a different life. And so do not be afraid. The enemy can do nothing. Once our lives and our hearts belong to Jesus, we are good. And I, so I want to read you this scripture. I don't know why I say that, but I just felt it's good to know God is with us. Um, as I was praying for today about the the pastors we are honoring today, or leaders, that word hit me hard. That you need to know something here. As we reflect into the Old Testament and, and see what the temple represented, I know we individually, we are the temple of the living God. Our houses, our lives are, hallelujah, we, we, we have access to God. We have ability to commune with him individually. We may not need one another, but that's not how God designed it. And to, when he um, gave a vision for this church to be planted here, he wanted to be a collective, a, a, a place of unity, a place where we all temples come and we create a portal, a gate of heaven for the community. Do you realize how important that is? And therefore, it transcends personalities. It goes beyond what we think, our personal preferences. But the salvation and deliverance of our people depends on us coming together in unity. And so God loves oneness. God loves unity. If this be the altar, plus many others that are here, we need to treat it as such. Today, people hop from church to another easily. Because you know why? We have no commitment to anything. It, it, it is not about preferences of where I go. While it's good to know who is preaching to you and good to know who is speaking to your life, what does Warren mean to you? And as we look at the little, many of these kids go, do you think there's a future for them? It's not more than a wishful thinking. We need to prepare. Financially, we prepare. We know we're going to leave a legacy for our children. But America, you will leave more than money to your children. The heritage is values that money cannot buy. 
When Jacob was dying, he called his sons. He didn't give them land physically, but he spoke what he was on the inside. You will be, you will be, you will be, and they became. Yeah. Hallelujah. What do you have? As a group, as a community, that you can give to your children's children. Hallelujah. So that is the reason I want to share with you this message. There is a future and there's hope for this country. Hallelujah. So in, book, in the book of Acts 4 from verse 23 to 37, I will have some principles here about prayer that I want to leave with you today. And uh, I believe to me it's very important that we understand and grasp how these people, the church was just being born and they was born in a community that was in, a, in an environment that was hostile. The empire, they were born in a Roman empire. They, 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 they were a minority, they were nothing. More like today you feel like, what? They knew. And as the church emerged, opposition and persecution was so heavy. And they learned to pray. They learned to depend on God. And so let's read together. It says, the, Peter had just come from the Sanhedrin, the, the Jewish council that had persecuted them. They were beaten and uh, they were led to go. So the Bible reads, and being led to go, they went to their own company and reported all the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one God and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and the earth, the sea and all in them. Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the, the heathen wretch and the people imagine vain things? The king of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both um, anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together. For to do whatsoever they, thy hand had and thy counsel had determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servant that with boldness they may speak thy word, and by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that the signs and wonders may, may be done by the name of thy son Jesus, a child Jesus. When they had prayed, the place was shaken, and they were assembled uh, together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spoke the word of God with boldness, and the multitude um, believed and one heart and one soul. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for this word today. May you allow it to find expression and may you touch the hearers today. They prayed. They, and, and I want you to see how they did this. They went to their own company. They went to their own community. They went to their own people. When you are hard pressed, who do you go to? These people had a sense of belonging. They had a place to go to. Do we as a church these days, when you are hard pressed, can you come to some people so that together you can pray? Do we have that? Or do you die silently alone? 
And we will come on Sunday and we pray just passing where we went through things. Church, we need to create, the, we need to be that community. That when we go through things, we feel the pain. Jesus doesn't uh, say that when, when they were persecuting the church, he said, why do you persecute me? He didn't say, why do you persecute my church? He was so one with the church. And if there will be unity and oneness amongst us. Hallelujah. And one suffering means all of, us, all of us are suffering. And we will learn to go to back to whoever our community is. The church should not fight among themselves. If the church in America were united, if there was one prayer I would pray for this country, is for unity. If the church were united with one voice, they don't need a lot of encouragement to vote. You turn this country to the Lord, not just by prayer, but by being one. You are so divided. The Baptists don't like this, the Pentecostals don't like this, but yet your maturity, your voice is not being heard because you are not one. What if... We realize we're one body belonging to Jesus Christ. Your force and your influence will be so powerful in this country that people who think about the church will tremble because of your numbers and your voice. But because also God is with you. But when there's division, there's very little God can do. Come together, learn to do it. Let's do it here. Let's begin in this community. Prayer transcends personalities and preferences of people. So they came to their own. Hallelujah. And so that is not the thing that we need to see. We need to always pray together as a church. There are prayers of individuals, but the prayers we need to gather together to pray. Because when we pray together, we are fulfilling what Jesus desires. Hallelujah. And so the other thing that you need to see that they, while they came together, their number one priority was not the problem they were facing. They reverenced God. They, they began to say, you are the creator. Look at that word. Whatever you see, it has come from your hand. You are the creator. You are sovereign. You are above all. They, they did not let the problem diminish their concept of God. Because we as a community will never rise above our concept of God. Who is he? To them, he was a creator, and their problem diminished in his power compared to God whom they serve. Yes, they were being beaten. Yes, they were going through things. But then they realized there's a God who is above the problem they're facing. And that they chose to address a magnificent, a powerful, an almighty God. So they looked unto God, and their problem dwarfed in comparison. My friend, we will always have problems. I wish I could tell you you will not. But we will always have things. That will be against us. There were always those who persecute what the church is all about. But when your eyes are on him, who is the creator of all the sea and everything there is in, then there will be a sense of peace to know. He who is for me, who is in me is greater than that that is against him. Greater is he that is in me than the one that is outside. God is more powerful than you think. The question here that I'm asking you today, is God just a religion? Or God a powerful and creator? Is God able to turn this country around? Is he able? Do you think he's more than whoever? Are you sure? Yeah. We need to understand that pretty seriously. Yeah. Hallelujah. Let that rule your heart. Let that rule your mind. Not the fear of who people can do, but what God can do. Because he's mightier than anything you've ever seen. Yeah. Hallelujah. He's the sovereign God. They are traced the sovereign God. The creator 
of the seas and all the raisin. As we sit here, we look like we, we, we as a voice, are nothing, but no. We're missing it. God is more mighty and more powerful. That when David first called yet, the thing he said, who are you? Something rose in his, in, on his inside, and he was so bruised and so annoyed with the way people were handling the church I would say, like the whole Israel, they were sitting under a tree. They were, they, when the enemy were mounting Israel, mocking Israel, they, they were just sitting there. Afraid, like we are today. We, we are afraid in our churches. We dare not go out and face the Goliath that is bounding and mocking the church. But there's one man who had known God in the secret place. He has seen him as a God who can kill a lion, who can kill a bear. So who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this? Why are these people... Have you not experienced the God I've experienced? He can slay a lion by my hand, my bare hands. He can slay a bear by my bare hands. Can this one not? Who is this to slay, uh, 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 to mock the army of, of God of hosts? He saw them as the army of the living God. And, and he's so burdened that he went forth and said he would do it. It was his concept of God that changed the game. He, he, the kind of God he served was different from the one they, the whole Israel served. Because they never, while they were covenant God, they had no personal experience of what he's capable. And therefore they, they could not go. They could not trust him. But this young man had trusted him long enough to see, hallelujah, that he has a good track record of who, of fulfilling his promises. That's why the Bible, we're quoting him here, and the mouth of your servant David, hallelujah. He still say, why do the nations wretch? Why do the heathens do these things? In fact, if you read that in Psalms chapter 2, he said, uh, the God in heaven loves. In other words, he doesn't see a problem. He sees the vehicle to deliver his power to be the problem, which is his church. He sees the means to move into the world a problem, but God looks at what is going on and he looks and he loves. What is this? They think they can rise against me? Hallelujah. They can fight against me? If one angel was released from heaven to fight against you, and in one instant he slayed 185,000 in a short while, what if he releases angel? The question is not the power. We know that power belongs to God. Let that be settled in our hearts. But God has chosen to do these things in this world through us. Through love. But we need to know who he is, church. And not be afraid. When America was so passionate in 2016 and almost unanimously as a nation, you prayed. You prayed. <laughs> I've never seen such a prayer. From every capital of, the, of, of every state, prayers were there. God answered. But you went on a holiday. You celebrated and re don't realize that everything that is born by the, the, the prayer must be sustained by prayer. If he answered, do you think he cannot answer again? We cannot win an argument, people. We cannot win an argument. We can win it in visible war in our prayer closet. We can change things on our knees more than by our mouth that when God has not anointed them. It's good to speak. 
But power belongs to God. We can go back to prayer again. Prayer tells us that by ourselves we can do nothing. We look to God and our dependency. And therefore we invite him into the affairs of men. The Bible says in Jeremiah and uh, Daniel that God rules in the affairs of men. But have we given him room to rule? Hallelujah. We need, they worshipped God. Instead of they never focused on the problem, they've just been threatened and persecuted. But then they come from there, they never focused on what they were going through. They focused on how mighty God is and how faithful God is. And so they, they relied on the scripture. The Bible says, what, quoting Peter, says, as you spoke by the mouth of yourself, and they prayed the word. What are we praying today? Most of what we call prayer is a reaction to circumstances. We see something going on and we react. It's not really, if God is so good as a father, he will do something. But God, prayer is not reaction to circumstances. God initiates prayer. He, he, those who are willing to worship him and remain in his presence, he will release prayer on their hearts. He will, he will share his burdens with his children. Hallelujah. It begins in the heart of God. He sees the world more than you see. He's more burdened to see people come to the Lord in this communion than you are. He wants to save your child, your son, your daughter, your grandkid more than you are. He paid the price for it. Look at him hanging on the cross. He is saying, I gave everything I am for his salvation. Don't tell me you're not begging God. Prayer is not conquering God's reluctancy. No, it's hooking into the willingness of God to do something. He's more than willing. We need to approach a God that is different. Sometimes we go to him with petition as if God will never hear us. We are not good enough. No, that's not the key. God is ready. But delays are not denials. The pain and the process is also part of what he's doing. Hallelujah. Yes, there is a process, there's pain, but the end result is a sure thing. I can guarantee you that. God is a good father. He knows the tom how tomorrow looks like. Who is the right person? Who is what? I always say this. Joseph prayed and did the wonderful things and, uh, and did dreams to these other two guys. And these guys told him, can you go and talk for us on my behalf on, before Pharaoh? They forgot. But God deliberately wanted them to forget because the right circumstance for his revelation had not come. There are certain things God will never allow you to come, to come forth because they will come forth at the right time. But we are not patient. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord. That word in Greek, whatever language you say, it means wait. Wait. At the opportune time, God will show forth. Because there's a window where a favor of God would, the, 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 the window of opportunity that he will release you into that. And the moment you step into that opportune time, things will begin to change. Whatever you do, because you are in the season that God has appointed for you. There's time for everything. There's a time to be born. There's a time to die. There's time to rejoice. There's time to be sad. There is time for everything, but there's a time for everything you have asked God for. Remember that. It's not all the time, but there's a window, there's a moment that God's visitation upon your life will be so real. The problem is that 
you might, we, we are like Israel. When the time of our visitation comes, we do not notice. And God wept over Jerusalem. I mean, Jesus, with God, he said they did not know their time of visitation. Had they known the time of their visitation, they would never have rejected him. And each one of us, that's why prayer is supposed to be continuous. We don't petition God to get things. We pray to remain sensitive and alert for our moment, for our opportunity to rise, for the, our calling to be effected. So that our attitude prayer without ceasing means I am praying with worshipingly, uh, with an attitude of waiting for God. And when my moment of rising comes, I'll be right in the right time, in the fullness of that time. I step into that which God has ordained for me in the fullness of time. But, you know, we have the, the Kairos and the Kronos. The Kairos, uh, the Kronos is this when we look at the second and the minute and, and the hour and the day and the week. It is so boring. It is so routine. It is, every you go sleep, wake up, you think nothing is happening. But yes, in the Behind all that time, God is working. He's working to release you into the Kairos time, the time that 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 that, that is, is is that is for you to do something powerful for the glory of God. Appoint the time, and I believe as a church, as a community, as individuals, we need to be sensitive. As a church, listen to what God has for you. I believe that praise fellowship was planted here by the divine purpose. And the purpose is, it becomes the wind of God to touch this community. And therefore, it will transcend personalities and generations. If you want this place to remain, its purpose to remain, God can use whoever. Hallelujah. The thing is, though, we thank God for the voices he, that, that, that were the one who captured the heart of God. The servants who are willing to say yes. We honor them. Hallelujah. They may not be worthy. But we honor them. But then time comes. When you are also responsible. To run with the vision. Running with the vision. Is. A house. Business. So look at the word of God. These people didn't, they were people who understood scriptures. They reminded God of his track record. By you spoke by the mouth of your servant. What are you asking God? So I asked, I told you last Sunday, you have the archives of your promises from God, the prophetic words. Go, dig it up and pray to God. Listen to why. Look at the vision of the house and pray. Nobody may applaud you, but remember this. God is always watching. I want us to come here in spite of, you know, a community of more than 200 people. We will prove one another one way or another. We not, I may not like you, but I must love you. <laughs> you know, you don't have to like everybody. It's hard. But we are commanded to love everybody. Hallelujah. So love will transcend my preferences. I love you in spite of yourself. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, we, we need to know. And the number two thing that I want you to see is that these people didn't hide the reality of what they're going through. Today, we, we, we color and clothe the problem we're facing with so many things. Let, lay it bare before God. Let the reality of what we're going through be there. And not hide it. 
They said, look at what they're doing to us now. You are this mighty. Look at your promises. But look at what these people are doing to us. They didn't hide the fact that they're being persecuted. They're being beat up. The threats. They laid bare the threats of the enemy before the Lord thy God. We need to face the reality of what we're going in as a nation. Evaluate our lives before God. I have always wondered when we talk about revival. We need revival. Oh, we're going to the revival meeting. The truth of the matter is, if you really need revival, it means you are dying or you're dead. Because why do you need reviving if you are okay? But yet the church behaves that they already have revival. We don't. We don't have the presence of God as we ought. And therefore we need to come with brokenness. We need him. Let's not pretend that God is here yet. He is a certain measure. But there is more of God that we need. That we change this community. Revival at one time broke out in a village in, 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 in Argentina. There are certain radius. Anybody who will go close there that's smitten in their heart. They, they, they get convicted in their spirit. It's a reality. It's possible. I used to read about New York, that when the ships were coming, when the presence of God was in that city, people would feel conviction miles away. The presence of God was real in that community. Church, let's not pretend the reality is we are dry bones now. We need the wind of God to blow. We may be somewhere somehow, but somehow we need more of God than we think. If this community is going to be delivered, we need God. We need to know that we have failed. We need to know that we are sinning but not praying. We need to look at our prayerlessness and our wordlessness. We are not reading the word. We are not praying as we ought. But we are so comfortable. Yes. Hallelujah. God does not, is not worried about the way things are. But if we expose who we are, like David, he said... It is you that have sinned against. He didn't hide the sin. He didn't say that I sinned against by Sheba and killed this. He said, against you have I sinned. Lord, have I sinned. And he cried out. If you wash me, I'll be clean. My sins are always before me. What I've done is here. In that kind of brokenness, God cannot despise. But the problem is we pretend we don't need a doctor, but we need a doctor. We are sick, but we pretend we're not sick. Can we lay bare the reality of who we are individually and tell God, Father, I don't have what it takes. I may put my best foot forward before others, but you know, in that prayer closet, tell him who you are. Yield. Tell him fully. He's, he knows it anyway. He's just waiting for you to say it. He knows who you are, where you are spiritually. Whisper prayer. You, you may not pray like people we read about in the Bible, but at least before you, you begin the day, can you whisper to him? Can you say something? Can you talk to him? At least for your grandkids, at least for the next generation. You may make it to heaven. But do you think the environment we're leaving behind, our children will survive it? Can you say a prayer? Then do it. Don't postpone it. Let's lay ourselves bare and cry out, God, do not take away your Holy Spirit from us. Cast us not away from your presence, O Lord, but restore the joy of your salvation. Hallelujah. Those are, David cried and said, Lord, if you wanted bulls, if today I'll say, if you wanted money, I'll give you. 
But your sacrifice is a broken and contrite spirit. And that you'll never despise. He's looking for the broken vessels. Who have realized in their community and their life, they don't have what it takes. And they yield and they bow. Father, it is your strength. It is your wisdom. It is your power that will make a difference. Please, don't let me go. Give me understanding. Allow me to walk in your power. Let me touch. Some of us, God has given us a platform, but we don't know how to say it and use it and cry out to I'm not against you. I'm not stepping on your toes, people. I'm just provoking the spirit that we have an opportunity to change a whole generation. But we are toying around with the opportunity. It may not come again. When the wind of God's favor closes over a church, it will take tickets to come back. A spirit of barrenness can come upon this community. And you may want to resurrect that, but it may be too late. But as a church, you have a window. Don't let the window close upon this community because of your personal differences. Bow and let God move in here. Some of the prayers you're asking and things we're going through will be healed by the mere fact that we are in the right purpose of God. The reality is we need God. Hallelujah. They made bold requests. They've, this is what I want to focus as I conclude. These guys didn't just, they didn't pray God destroy them. No, they said, they asked for something else. They were not defensive, only they were offensive. When the enemy is coming against us, instead of us covering, I said, defend us, Lord. They said, give us boldness. We want to give the same, we want to give them more <laughs> of what they are uh, against. And therefore, anoint us, oh Lord, with boldness that we may speak your word for. You know, all we need is courage. May God anoint you with boldness. May the Lord grant you boldness to speak his word. The answer is this gospel, people. And therefore, if there's a way we can find to express it, let's do it. But we may not do it in our own strength. We need God's confidence is not born in us. It's given that it's really spiritual. It's coming from the Lord. Hallelujah. Peter was running away from God most of the times. He knows what, he knows what he's saying when he says this. Because at one time he had just denied Jesus three times. But then on the day of Pentecost, there was such a, an anointing, there's a boldness that he declared things by normal standards he wouldn't have said it. And now for he knew what he was praying about. He needed the clothing of God. He needed the anointing of God to speak this word. But he also said, stretch your hand. You know, do this to me. Anoint us. Uh, embolden us. But also stretch your hand into the community. Into the people. Stretch out your hand, Lord, and with signs and wonders heal. I'm telling you the truth. We need that. Not so that we can exalt super preachers. Oh, I'm a healer. Nobody's a healer. Nobody's gifted to do these things. They're just vehicles that God can use to heal. And therefore, we need to pray for the signs and wonders to be in our midst again. In these days of sickness and disease we cannot handle, why is it God that, that we cannot cry to God to come in? I told you last Sunday, you are children of heritage. Somebody from this land went to South Africa, John Gilek. And during a plague that hit South Africa, he refused to, 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 to be bothered by it. More like what we're going through today. It killed so many people. But he told the scientists that 
that, that, that God can heal. They argued, and so he said, put in the microscope, and when I pray, you will see that thing die as you watch. And he prayed, and they saw. They, they say that Spokane in those days was the most healthiest city in America because some over, like, over 200,000 people kind of were healed under his ministry. Healing is children's bread. God has not withdrawn it. We may not see it. We may not experience it. It doesn't mean it doesn't work. It works. We have not asked for it. The problem is we have approached it as, it as if we are the healers. When I call you to pray for you, my mind is, I don't know where to heal. That's not my problem. I'm just a vehicle. I know that I know that I know that I can't heal you. Therefore, I lift my burden from me. I'm just a mouthpiece. And then I'm relieved, relieved from the idea that I can heal anybody. But God can. God is willing to do it. And therefore, we ask, stretch forth your hand to this community. Heal your children, Lord. Restore their health. Renew their strength. We, it's also our portion. We may have good doctors and good everything, but pray. He said when they come out of Egypt, he said, I will not put this Egyptian sickness upon you. I'll heal your waters, heal your bread. I'll bless your waters and bless your water. I will bless your bread and bless your water and I will heal you. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. Is, he the, is that the title of God? Immediately after this prayer, the results were evident. Peter was so anointed that he shut up began a healing ministry. It's in the Bible. People were brought that he couldn't lay hands on them, but his shadow began to heal people. Church, we cannot take away our heritage because the world is unbelieving. I was arguing with my friend who said healing exists, and I said to him, look, it is true, it seems to have, but let me ask you a question. If Jesus walked today in our midst today, here, and he sees somebody suffering in sickness, would he heal him? Are you sure he can do that? So what's the problem? It is the presence of Jesus in the situation. Are we carrying him to the situation? Or are we carrying ourselves to the situation? And so we need to pray. And we know he's the one going to heal. So I told my friend, I think the thing exists because we are thinking we can heal. It's not a gift. It's the healer. That Jesus is the healer. So if I come with him, healing will be done. I have seen it not to, to, to lie. I've seen enough miracles to be convinced it still works today. It may not happen because of unbelief, but I've seen enough of that to believe. God is going to use it even this end time to draw many to the Lord. Remove the veil that it cannot be. Of course, people have abused the things. Who, a few that God has used, used it to raise money. Used it to make their name for themselves. But that doesn't, we can't throw away baby with the, that water. <laughs> Something good. In spite of what the people do wrong, God is still a healer. He cares. And he still does wonders. We need to ask. We need to pray for these things to come in our generation, in our houses too. It's not something you hear from Africa alone or different places. It is here because God is the same. His presence is the same in any place. It's the willingness of people to tap into who he is. Hallelujah. And serving God. The selflessness is dying in the church. The element of sacrifice has moved out of the church. If I told you the truth of the matter is that maybe when the church began, 
There are so many people giving selflessly for the good of this church. But today we, we, we protect what is there more than what we're giving. Is there a sacrificial element in our life today anymore? Look at Solomon as I conclude. This guy, God, comes with an open check, like an unlimited credit card, and say, ask for anything. I'll give it to you. Ask. And he, quick, he was already ready. He said, God. He also began rehearsing God's goodness. He said, you chose my father, and because of that, you have allowed me, his son, to sit on his throne. He, he, they don't go straight to the answer. They had to go back to God again. Told him, you are good. But I would ask this. Give me the understanding heart to discern. I am but a little child. Look at that humility. How can I lead these great people? Might be poor viewers. That humility humbled God. That the fact that this man can ask something for the service of others and not himself, God was excited. Found my man. He wanted to be anointed to serve others. And I can guarantee you one thing. The reason we suffer so much, the reason we are so much in, in a lot of uh, things, frustration, is because everything is about us, about me and about what I do. And because you look too much to yourself, you'll be frustrated. Hello? But if you are going to think of somebody else, you realize things will be easier. Because your focus will shift from you and what you lack and what you don't have to see somebody else happy. To serve somebody else, your life will begin to change. And I want to challenge you today. If we are anointed in the service of others, things will begin to shift. We'll shift our focus from our problem and what we're going through. And God will always... He said, I will give you what you never asked. There are prayers, there are answers to prayers that never, you will never ask. But because you are doing the right thing, God will give it to you. But because you are in the right position, God will give you. He said, because you didn't ask for the head of your enemies. Hallelujah. Today, if I'm given opportunity, I would want to destroy my enemies so fast. He didn't. He said, if you didn't ask for money, I'm going to give it like I've never given anybody. You didn't ask for these things, but I'm giving them because you have asked the right portion. You want to serve. You want anointing to serve others. You want to extend to, to, to differentiate good and bad, I'm going to give you the anointing. And I'm anointing you to this, but more than that, I'm giving you what you didn't ask for me. And I ask praise fellowship. Be in service of others. I know you're doing it. I know next weekend is coming when you're going to give. Give like you've never done before. Whatever that, that thing is, you can come and deliver so many girls from... Uh, Sex trafficking. Please, be that selfless. You never know. I was reading on a newspaper, was it on a Facebook, of an Indian group yesterday, they put it yesterday, they, put, um, they, they raised $170 and helped the, the, the people of Ireland because of the farming there. And recently, the, the nation of Ireland has come back to raise a scholarship for this group, for this tribe, to always have scholarship in their community. They gave it a long time ago, and they will never forget their generosity. Hallelujah. I say, remember to serve others, church. Prayer belongs to God. From the heart of God to others. Can I just pray with us today?
wrong with you this morning, I want to invite you to come. Come to the altar. There's a a whole team here that will pray for you. Peter will pray for you. Rich will pray for you. I I just wonder if we believe this morning. Are we a body of believers that believes that Jesus heals? And if we are, let's put him to the test this morning. Let's say, God, please heal us. Lord, you Spirit, Lord, 
you alone can change so do it father release the anointing upon us we ask that your presence will come upon everybody that has stepped onto the altar father it's not about a man it's about you who is able to do exceedingly abundantly far above what we can think or ask may your presence attend to every individual who by faith has stepped forward to be touched by your spirit today may the healing be established whether it's a mental problem whether it's a physical problem whether it's a spiritual problem lord you are equal to the task and therefore touch them at the point of of need lord you are the healer stretch forth your hand by your stripes we are healed in jesus name continue in an attitude of prayer worship right now peter's going to pray and i'm going to start praying for people also um, the other elders come on up and pray for people um, as you go though um, be bold faith without works is dead so put your faith into action pastor peter's been here for just about two weeks with us now he leaves tomorrow heads back to tulsa and his family there are green buckets at the back if you would like to bless him as you leave please do that the money will go to him the man is a servant when he comes here we put him to work he's preached two sundays he's been at the midweek wednesday service done that two weeks he's mentored me, AJ, he's met with people as I've done counseling. We put him to work. The man is busy while he's here. And in December, he's going back to Kenya. He oversees 30 churches in the western portion of Kenya. And so while he is here in the States, he is busy ministering to his leaders in Kenya. He meets with them, if you will, via technology every single week and speaks wisdom teaches answers questions for them every single week the two years that he has been here since he last went home he has constantly met with his leaders over there pouring himself into them so be praying for peter the things that he's doing the work that he's doing the travel that he will be going in december first time he's been able to go home in two years and so as you can as you leave bless this man be a blessing to each other in Jesus' name, amen.
Let's go.